Irwin Good Day Beautiful Podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this planet that you are doing tremendous and I am sending you all of my love, well wishes, good vibes, positive, intense prayers your way, wishing you, your family, your friends, and everyone you know all of the best. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. It's always a privilege and honor to be with you. We've got a phenomenal episode of the show for you today. We have Michael Falcone on and we are talking about his experience with Baba G and the shamanic path. This is a very fascinating episode. The entire episode is basically Michael's uh, transcendental story, for lack of a better word, word uh, like, you know, mind-blowing and otherworldly. And, you know, through the podcast, we had a lot of great comments, but also at the same time, you know, Michael's sharing the story that he is still processing. So, you know, we kind of go back and forth because it's a little bit uh, convoluted, just everything that happened to him and, and him experiencing it right now. So um, it's a very interesting story very fascinating so when you go to youtube you'll see the the comments and it's interesting to see how many people have had something similar happen to them where it's kind of whether you want to call it uh you know spiritual or even you could even say demonic or otherworldly or whatever uh it's 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 kind of nuts so he talks about leaving his law career behind and uh, his awakening experience and how rituals work and how he you know he traveled the world and he did some shamanic studies with mediums in zimbabwe and he lived with an african bushman and did all these crazy things um you know and he and he found a guru and he lived in the mountains um you know with the yogis so he's done all these uh, fascinating things to have this really wild experience uh, happen to him and he the reason why he wants to share it is you know when you you make it to the end you'll kind of see but there's a kind of like a cautionary tale to you know what he experienced and what he um you know came to realize during all this uh you know travel trying to learn from the mystics and do the shamanism um and do all these different things so it's, it's very uh, fascinating we talk about uh, the importance of resilience um inside human beings is where god learns that was a fascinating one and stepping into your fullness within meditation and being the master of your own life so we talk about a lot of interesting things in this episode i know you're going to enjoy it and if you do please share it far and wide help us fight censorship you can support the show by becoming a member because they won't give me my patreon back so go to mattbelair.com and become a member uh, you may notice that episodes are going a little bit slow and i apologize for that i'm only doing one to two a week right now because there's a lot of nonsense going on in canada so this is requiring a lot of my time to keep my family safe to uh, make the right moves to connect with the right people and so um, i'm doing fewer shows right now as i try to take care of my family as all of this stuff happens it's getting pretty crazy in in canada it's pretty crazy in australia so keep sharing the word you know um focus on or see what's going on don't be afraid by it don't let all of this negative con uh, news consume you just look and say okay this is what's happening now how do i respond to it how do i make sure that i maintain my freedom my abundance my sovereignty uh, my way of living because this is what's going to be required of all of us is to make those choices so if we have the awareness of what's going on um, we can ensure it doesn't you know happen to us if it comes to our doorstep and how do we respond in the situation if we are in one of those more challenging circumstances because there's always opportunity in challenge so that's the reason why there's only a few shows um go to mattbelair.com sign up for the uh membership if you want to support the show that would be great uh, check out our sponsor thegoodinside.com forward slash matt b that's thegoodinside.com forward slash matt b m-a-t-t-b and you can get their amazing advanced heavy metal detox uh, for 50 dollars off it's just 13 dollars uh, it's a phenomenal product and i'm grateful for their sponsorship but most importantly you can 
consider doing three kind acts wherever you are today to support the show. And for those of you guys who are really looking to get clear on your life purpose, you want to overcome overwhelm, you want to overcome limiting beliefs and learn how to program your mind and design and architect your life deliberately based on who you are, your values, your interests, who you came here to be and how you came here to serve the planet so you can leave a legacy. If that is something that calls to you, hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com, apply for coaching, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching, or check out the soul compass and the quantum heart hypnosis technique. There's phenomenal audios in there. They go for life purpose, uh, overcoming limiting beliefs and self-worth, uh, quantum abundance, you know, manifesting something very specific in your life. There's, if there's something you want to amplify, there's a manifestation in there. There's a do it yourself series where you can take these audios to then use the power of visualization, your heart, and, and basically everything you learn in esoteric teachings to manifest this reality you want. So all of that is incredibly powerful. And if you want to go into some coaching or you want and join me as my guest for an Atomic Alchemy Mastermind call. Just hit me up. Would love to hear from you, learn about you, and see how I can support you. So that's it. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, compassion, strength, courage, optimism, faith, and get ready to enjoy this phenomenal episode with Michael Falcone. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming massive extreme censorship. So if you want to support this show, please share episodes as far and as wide as you can. Uh, leave a review on iTunes. Become a member at mattbelair.com where you're going to get all the episodes that are backed up there uh, because they've also deleted Patreon. And uh, you'll also see the YouTube, which is working now, but you'll have them all backed up on Odyssey and Rockfin as well, um, because who knows how long this will last. But the best thing you can do to support this show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest earned a law degree from the University of Connecticut in 2009. After walking away from a career in law, he did a variety of different jobs before pursuing a shamanic path. He did ritual work with spiritual mediums in Zimbabwe in South Africa. In 2018, he left for Africa where he lived with African Bushmen and learned from renowned healer Kunta Boo. From there, he traveled to India and Nepal in search of a guru and lived with a number of yogis in the mountains. Welcome to the show, Michael Falcone. Thank you. Nice to be here. I'm excited to have you on the podcast, man. When you, when you first reached out, we had to go back and forth because we're like, wait, man, are you serious? Like, this is some, this is some crazy stuff that you're telling me. And, you know, I'm trying to deduce it through the email and, uh, you know, then you start sending me some pictures, you know, and then you spend some time with some, you know, African Bushmen, which is very fascinating. And I've had a few guests on the show that have, have done that as, as well. And uh, they had really amazing stories to tell. Also, you know, going to India and, and doing these kind of, um, you know, 
well, I don't know. I like these guru search, searches, right? Like I want to figure if, if these people are there, like when I went to Nepal or if Baba G is still here or Yoga Nand is still here or, you know, Jesus Christ is still here. I want to show up and figure out where they are. And if I have to go to, you know, these remote places in the world, I want to show up and do that. And I feel like that's what you've done um, and very similar to me. So I'd love for you to just share a little bit about your background and we'll get into your story and some other stuff, but I'd love for you to share, you know, a little bit about your background and, and what, caused you to um do that trip and and you know pursue that journey <sighs> okay um well <laughs> how, how far back to start i uh uh so i you know supposed to be a, i mean supposed to be a lawyer got my law degree um decided that wasn't for me at all um luckily at that point i was still pretty young um and then for a long time, I just kind of had dozens and dozens of different jobs. You know, I was a pedicab driver in Denver uh, for a while. I was a gardener, carpenter, um, general landscape work, package handler, um, all kinds of stuff. Um, I did the woofing thing. I did a little bit of traveling. Um, and I guess somewhere, I guess always in... I don't know, call it in my heart, my soul or whatever. There was always something nagging at me. Um, like being in nature was very important. Um, a very natural life, a spiritual life. Spirituality was always kind of important to me, but I didn't know exactly what that meant. Um, so, and then I had read some books about the Bushmen and stuff and their way of life had always appealed to me just in its simplicity. Um, their spirituality was very simple and just love the healer. The Bushman healers will, t will say that if you're going to be a healer, um, your heart needs to be open to everyone. Um, you know, not just to a few, you know, so, and, and that always struck me as pretty great. You know, like one of the Bushman healers in a book that I had read, um, was saying that he was able to, you know, forgive and, and keep love in his heart for a man that stole his wife from him, stuff like that. Um, so the Bushman life was always pretty appealing to me. Um, maybe Africa in general, although I don't necessarily remember. Um, and then I guess things kind of came, uh, you know, my, my life got pretty bad in, maybe 2015 um was pretty much completely heartbroken um, not in a good place and had an awakening experience where my heart opened um to a phenomenal degree um and that's when and i and i hadn't ever read about Babaji before this I wasn't so so much into yoga Hinduism I hadn't read the Bhagavad Gita or any of that um and that's when he came to me in my dreams um and I had a dream with the Lahiri Mahasaya cave uh that you mentioned uh, while we were talking um I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't in the cave, but I was in kind of Babaji's palace, you know, that Lahiri Mahasaya was taken to. 
um, I get, you know, kind of in spirit. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how things started. So this is, so this was kind of like your awakening experience that happened and you didn't, you weren't, you were unfamiliar with them at this point. And then that's what spawned you to go with the African Bushmen and learn about the shamanism and their ways of life and their spirituality. And then you went to India after that, which we'll get into. I'm not <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I kind of, I mean, I just covered a span of, you know, 10 years and in like a minute. Um, <laughs> Uh, so before that, um, so like I said, I, you know, I was pretty heartbroken and depressed and uh, seeking healing. I started working with a shaman doing ritual work. Um, so I first traveled to Africa in 2016 and I went to Zimbabwe and South Africa um, and lived with shamans in both of those countries and did ritual work came back and I still, you know, wasn't really sure where I was going with any of this. You know, I went back to an old, uh, job that really wasn't going anywhere. Um, when you were, when you were doing the ritual work, was that the Bushman or is that, it was, did you go back? No, that? no, no, that, that th we're not to the Bushman yet. That okay. was, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Mandaza Kandemwa in Zimbabwe was who I started with. Um, and he's what they call a Mondoro or, uh, Gombwa, which is basically a spirit medium or shaman. Um, and he's a very respected shaman over there. I think, I believe a Gombwa, like certain shamans, you know, as far as the spirit world goes, you know, maybe they can only work with certain types of rituals, whether it's water or fire. Uh, but a Gombwa is able to work with all of them. And that's what he is. Um, and uh, the, the story of how I, I picked Mandaza to start with is kind of a crazy story. Because um, I started doing ritual work in this country, in the U.S., with uh, the shaman I was working with, um, basically, basically to get over grief, um, regret, all, the, all those sorts of things. And, and the idea behind the, the rituals are um to call your ancestors into your life um and let them work on you to get rid of these negative things that are holding you back um and for a time you know it it really worked you know i felt great i felt like my my path was kind of unfolding you know and things were kind of falling into place um and mandaza going to africa was kind of a continuation of that and I thought, you know, I might seek initiation as a shaman with him or with someone else. Um, I kind of decided while I was there, Mandaza wasn't necessarily the teacher. For, I, I have a lot of respect for him. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I came back before I was fully initiated or, or anything. Uh, came back to an old job and um, was you know, pretty bummed out about that. And that was, no, I think I'm, I'm at some point. No, no, I know what happened after that, after that. Um, so when we're talking about the shamanic path, right in this country, in Africa, this isn't 
this is pretty common stuff, you know, but here, uh, people don't really know about it. So the shaman I was working with in this country was saying that I needed something in my life that was basically, um, like credentials, essentially. Shamanic um, credentials. Well, uh, <laughs> Yeah. You know, so, so mine. It's too bad the law degree didn't work in that scenario. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. Those are, hard, those are hard to come by. That's not an easy one. Uh, well, so, so what came up for me, I had this uh, in, incredible um, feeling, a, pl a place within myself that I didn't really know existed came up. And um, so I came up with the with an idea to join the military and I wanted to be a, believe it or not, a special forces medic. Um, but I didn't get that contract. I, I only, I ended up with an infantry contract. Um, I didn't mention this in my bio because I didn't even get through basic training. I don't know if you can see my finger. Yeah. Yeah. So during basic training, I mean, I signed up when I was 35 years old. Um, so at basic training, they sent me home. Um, and like I said, the contract that I wanted to get for the military, I didn't get because of the finger. Um, but anyway, the point of this story is I felt like, okay, if I'm a shaman in the U.S., you know, who's going to listen to me? And the shaman that I was working with um, said, you know, well, you know, if you're a special forces medic, people are really going to listen to what you have to say, you know. Um, so it was kind of a way that I thought I could inspire people, um, kind of have some of those worldly credentials, you know? Um, but anyway, like I said, you know, that didn't pan out. I didn't get the contract anyway. They sent me home. So I go back to, you know, kind of the same type of work I was doing and kind of depressed and bummed out again. And that's when I had the awakening experience. And that was, uh, May of 2017. Right. And then, so, oh, sorry. Go. So this is when, this is when the Baba G dream happens. That's May that 20, May, 2017. Yeah. And so did you have a reference for who that was when you're in there? Like, did you, cause you hadn't read the Bhagavad Gita. You, you didn't read the autobiography of a yogi. So did you like know who they were? How did that work? Well, so I had a copy of auto. <laughs> Yeah, I had a copy of Autobiography of a Yogi lying around that I hadn't read. I think I had started to read it, you know, many years before and figured, all right, this is a little above my spiritual pay grade or whatever. Put it down. <laughs> I uh, remember reading that with the Bhagavad Gita. I was like, as reading it as like reading one page so slow, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. good. I can comprehend this. Like it was like I felt like I was being tested. I was like, I yeah. I am comprehending this, but it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually, I, I've definitely done that a lot. I've you know, picked up spiritual books in the past and figured, okay, I'm not ready for this and then just put it down and picked it up maybe years later when I felt like I could understand it better. Um, so I had this, so I had autobiography of a yogi and said, okay, you know, I'll pick it up. And, you know, I did a Google search too for, you know, the only name I had was Babaji. So I figure I'm going to come up with, you know, a thousand different names. Um, but I think his name came up and then I opened up, you know, Yogananda's book and 
there it was. I think when I first saw that in the book, you know, I kind of was like, oh my God, and, you know, I threw it across the couch or whatever I was sitting on. Um, <laughs> I was like, you know, that's, that's who it was, you know? So was there, when, when this happened, like, was there, uh, like a message in the dream or like, you know, I'm, so I'll just kind of explain some things that have happened to me and I've heard other guests say like, you know, when they have the awakening experience, they're, they're put into an expanded state of consciousness that's beyond comprehension or words. It's, you yeah. know, it's, I've, I've equated it to like, you take a goldfish and the goldfish becomes conscious and you can speak English to the goldfish and show him all around the earth. And he's only known the water as like, what is going on? And then you, you bring him back down and then he's goldfish, but now he knows, okay, there's something more going on, you know, like I'm, there's more than yeah. just this goldfish life. And so it's hard to explain, but how was that for you? Was it something similar, like a feeling space and, and they kind of guided you or how, what was that like? Um, so actually, I mean, when he came to me, uh, in the dream, he took me to like a spiritual classroom and just talked to me briefly, uh, didn't say, you know, come look for me or anything. Um, in the first one, actually in the first, the first dream, he didn't even mention his name. I didn't know who he was. Um, I just trusted him instantly. Um, just the way that he was very simple. Um, and jumping ahead quite a bit i mean i met one of the yogis i stayed with met him in india or he says he did um and that's that's the main word that he would he used to describe babaji was simple um but anyway around this time uh yeah i mean i had a lot of that i didn't necessarily feel like i mentioned i was on another podcast and i i talked about this a little bit this awakening experience was nothing like I expected, you know, there weren't like crazy visuals or anything, but I just felt like, I don't know, maybe I was seeing, and I guess the important thing about consciousness, it felt very much heart related, all related to the heart, not anything to do with the mind. Um, it's like, I remember sitting outside just in my yard and feeling like every blade of grass, you know, had its own life experience. And if I was sitting in a coffee shop, you know, I just felt and knew that every human being in this world makes this world a richer place, you know? Um, so it was that type of thing, but I was very much still myself, you know? Um, I wasn't like floating away or, you know, different visuals and, and whatnot. Um, I mean, the main thing that I... I said on the other podcast was I felt like I could forgive anyone, anything. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was really, like I say, um, they're like all, all heart really. Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm sure the heart, you know, has a role to play in generating consciousness too. Um, but that's, that's, I guess, how I would, I would describe it. Um, just a larger world. Um, yeah, but just from right here, sorry, I'm probably slouching again, but yeah. Well, yeah, that's beautiful. It reminds me a little bit of how Eckhart Tolle will talk about his awakening. He was, uh, you know, what did he say? He said he was like, 
at home and he said, I can't live with myself anymore. He was like desperate and was thinking about, I don't know if he was thinking about committing suicide or making up. He just sounds like he was in a terrible situation. And he said to himself, I can't live with myself anymore. And he's just like thinking, who is myself? How can I, I can't live with myself? Like what's going on here? And just popped. And uh, then apparently what he says is that he stayed uh, or was just in pure bliss essentially on a park bench and was essentially homeless for a year. And, uh, you know, was just happy with everything. And, you know, there's this level of peace that comes, right? That's why I think people really gravitate towards things like uh, psychedelics and ayahuasca, because people will talk about those experiences of this, this oneness where you feel it directly or meditation as well. And all these other spiritual practices, the challenges with meditation and spiritual practices, it's a longer uh, process. You know, you don't get that instant gratification. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, we all want to be fit. So do we go to the gym and eat right and do all the right things? Or do we go grab the liposuction or the pills off the shelf or whatever the case is, right? We want a little bit of that quick fix. So, um, you know, with what you experience, it lines up because it's this greater experience, this greater expansion. And it is about feeling and interconnectedness and love and compassion and forgiveness and all the beautiful traits of a human or a man or a woman and a spirit, you know, you know, what, what our greatest capacity is. And um, yeah, I think you're talking about at the beginning, like somebody was forgiving someone first. Oh yeah. That one of your mentors was talking about or somebody's wife or something, right. Somebody had a. Oh, uh, just that's what the Bushman healers say is that if you're going to be a healer, your heart needs to be open to, you know, the whole world essentially. Yeah. And somebody's um, wife had, uh, no, this one healer was saying, uh, this is in a book that I read that he was able to forgive even the man that stole his wife. He, you know, right. Right. Well, to... Yeah. That, that story reminded me of this. Uh, it's on YouTube still, I think where this guy, uh, there's this murderer they find and he kills like, I think it kills. And I don't know if he does other horrible things to these women, but I think he killed like three or five women or something. And, uh, they convicted him and, this convict is there and the family's there. And so the family gets an opportunity to say something to this guy. Right. And so everybody is basically like burn in hell, die. You know what I mean? All the things that you would feel and think and, and experience. And uh, the last guy is this old man with a beard and he's look and he sees him and he says, you know um, you know, I'm a Christian. And if I'm going to, you know, walk the ways of, of Jesus and, and try to, um, embody those teachings i need to find forgiveness for you and he goes so i forgive you um and then the guy starts the whole time he's been straight faced right and then the guy just starts bawling you know and i'm just like that level of uh forgiveness and the guy's crying he's like obviously heartbroken and, and crushed but to even consider that option to say that is to me extraordinary you know it's extraordinary to be able to do something like that and mean it yeah um well do you remember uh there was a shooting uh in amish country um i think uh, like a whole bunch of amish kids were killed in a school or something and a lot of the amish people you know stood up and said you know we forgive this guy um and i remember seeing a, a mainstream news story i don't remember you know which you know anchor or whatever was talking about it was like oh you know most of us probably you know can't understand this but you know there you have it the amish forgive this guy 
Uh, you don't remember that story? Uh, uh, it kind of rings a bell, but I'm I'm off the news radar. I don't know. It might have been more prevalent in the United yeah. States, Canada. We're our own little hut up here. But I, I uh, you know, even now okay. with all the stuff going on, the Amish seem to be uh, light years of ever ahead of everyone else. Like we thought they were behind, but you know, now they they can have their own food and water. They knew they know what's going on. They're not confused, you know. So uh, maybe maybe they had it right with community. Because if things go south here, I'm not going to know what to do. I can't hunt. I can't take care of myself. Can't grow anything. <laughs> so you know, they really had it right. Um, you know. Okay. So yeah, these. So you have this awakening experience, and then. And then what do you decide to do? Is that when you decide to go to Africa? Um, so like I said, yeah, Babaji, he didn't say, come look for me, but I had a dream. Oh, what he actually said, he asked me if I regretted my first trip to Africa because, you know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't initiated or anything. You know, I spent a lot of money, obviously, um, but I said, no, I didn't regret it. Um, and then he said, that I needed to commit, you know, to going there basically, or, or just owning who I was staying here. Um, but then some months later, as I wasn't necessarily making plans to go to Africa or India or anywhere else, then I had a dream from an ancestor that I really trust saying, you have to go to Africa. And so that's when I started saving money and planning to go back to Africa, live with the Bushmen. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure uh, Babaji, among others, realized that from Africa, I would most likely continue on to India, you know, to find him. And as I made this plan, then, of course, my dreams changed and, um, you know, I, I had dreams about like, okay, you know, I will end up in India, uh, searching for him. So, yeah. So that's how that progressed from there. I basically spent the rent. Well, first I broke my leg, uh, that same month. Um, and then once that healed, I spent the rest of the year just working two, three, four jobs, you know, save money to go, go traveling. So that's amazing. Well, you know, it reminds me of one of my buddy's stories. Um, you know, I, I've, I've actually kind of witnessed or have been like in, in, in close proximity to a, a few people who had an awakening experience. And, uh, you know, one of my buddies just was a good dude um, and, you know, regular guy, but very stressed with his job, you know, and um, ended up having an awakening experience. And I found about this later. So I was there in Whistler when this happened and I kind of, I noticed him. He's like, he ended up quitting his job and we, were, we started to have different conversations, but we weren't close enough to, for me to know exactly what happened. But a few years later, I find out that his, uh, his, his, his father had come to him in his dream his, his father who had passed came to him in a very powerful dream and woke his ass up. Like, <laughs> like it was like, it was the most fit. And he's like, I can tell you this dream, you know, for point is the most vivid thing. He's like, it was more, just like some of these experiences, whatever it is, it's more real than this environment. Like these places I've been to is like somehow more real, like this is the dream and that was real. Um, and so, you know, that was his experience. And then he shifted and ended up doing a big travel as well. So it changed his trajectory. So, you know, a couple of notes, like for people who don't know who Babaji is, um, it's who Yogananda references in the autobiography of a yogi in that lineage of, of masters. So there's, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Larry Masai or some it's a, how do you, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> um, 
I've been saying Lahiri Mahasaya, but I think I could be wrong. Than, I could be wrong too. That's better than mine. Um, but there's <laughs> these, these, these uh, lineage of, of these yogis and they have very, very fascinating experiences. So that's one thing I wanted to kind of share for people who might not know who that is. And, um, and also for like the quote unquote awakening experience, to me, it's just something that changes the trajectory of your life. It's something big and, and sometimes it's gifted to you. Sometimes it's in a dream. Uh, sometimes you could do it in a, in a meditative state. Uh, some people have done it through psychedelics with the right intention, but you really do need the right intention for that to stick. If that's the route you're going to go with it. And um, you know, it's just, it's something that expands your consciousness and opens your heart or something changes. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's a life or death experience. And sometimes it's a, an experience where people uh, are going to die from an injury, like uh, an illness, right? Then they have, boom, a wake up because like, oh my goodness. And something gets expanded um, in their in their horizon. But the big thing is though, that's not that uncommon. These things are common, but what's, what's less common is people to then do the work to begin following this thread where they're being pulled, right? It's like, oh, now there's this thing. Now I got to go follow that thread, but how the heck am I going to go do that? That's the challenge, right? And that's where when ayahuasca was, you know, I, I had done ayahuasca kind of before it went very, very popular. And then um, then I, I noticed people would go, but nothing would change. And they would have this opportunity, but they weren't ready to commit to changing. And so I was like, then you're kind of dishonoring what you saw there, or what you experienced or what you went to go do. Because that whole thing is about knowing who you are right? And following those impulses and trust, trusting yourself and also trusting the creator of spirit to guide you. So then you need a little bit of that resilience to go, all right, you know what I mean? You're guiding me through this process, like, you know, breaking your leg and then figuring it out, working four jobs. And like, this is, I don't know where it's going to lead me, but this is the direction I need to go in. So I'm going to shut up. I just wanted to preface it with that and love for you to continue your story. But I feel like it's really important to say that, you know, a lot of people have these experiences, but there's a big difference in having it and then having the courage um, to then follow the impulse, follow that little trail that spirit's leading you on. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I can speak to this well, first before I dive into any the out there stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, I also, you know, so after I first went to Africa, I, I started having a lot of ancestral dreams and I, I also met my father, um, so, whoops. So my father, um, he killed himself in 2006. Um, and so then after I started doing all the shamanic work and whatnot, I had uh, a night where um, I, you know, like I, he found me or I found him, we found each other. Uh, and he was like in limbo or whatever. Um, and yeah, this was a very real, um, what do they call it? Not a vivid dream. What, what's the word? Lucid, lucid. lucid? Yeah. Lucid dream or, or whatever. Um, you know, and then did rituals to, you know, bring him out of that space to a higher vibration or whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, like this whole path and searching for Babaji was kind of prefaced with a lot of these, uh, different types of work, different types of dreams. Um, and I can, you know, give different examples of that too. Um, but, um, so what you're saying about the courage to follow this path, uh, 
this is kind of like the only real sore spot of this whole thing for me. <laughs> um, because I mean, I agree. It's, it's a lot. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of, uh, you know, like renunciates and renunciation and that, that type of thing. Um, and, and that never happened for me. I mean, I, th this happened to me, I think, um, for a very specific reason. Um, this, this, are we, are we ready to go into the out there stuff or? Sure. Yeah. But <laughs> at any point you can go into the out there stuff. Okay. Well, um, first, I guess maybe I'll preface it with, you've heard of Dharma or the Dharma, right? Yep. Um, and so I can explain the Dharma to you very, I can explain it to anyone very easily, but like dharma, I, well, I see dharma as like your life path, or like what your dharma is, like who you're meant to be, or what do you mean by the dharma? Okay, is so it the same or is, yeah, explain it uh, just so I'm on board too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, everyone knows the story of, of Jesus in the wilderness, right? And he's fasting for 40 days, um, and then he's tempted, you know, the devil or whoever says, I will change these rocks into bread, you know, if you just. I don't know, give up on God or, or whatever. Right. Um, and Jesus says, no, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm not going to renounce anything, you know? Um, and so that's what the Dharma is like, you know, you've, you've probably heard other people talk about yogic rules, like no drinking, no touching women. You've heard of these things, right? Yeah. So like if you have the dharma inside right the um the, the desire for yogananda says the mystic divides the world into two types of people those who are seeking god and those who are not and so if you have the dharma inside you know you're able to keep god first you know um none of those rules apply you know, you can have a drink, you can hug a woman, you know, do whatever, as long as I believe Osho says a lot of this too, in his earlier uh, works. Um, and so in, in the case of Jesus in the wilderness, it's to have that kind of internal direction that, you know, death first kind of, you know, the devil comes and offers you this, uh, to renounce God or like sell your soul or whatever the case may be, you say, no, you know, I'll starve to death. And um, like I said, I think that's easy enough to explain using the Jesus in the wilderness story, but you, you can't really be given it. You know, I, I can't give it to anybody. Um, there really needs to be a, a catalyst and um so what happened to me and what this i think why babaji chose me is because uh <laughs> have you seen the movie the adjustment bureau no maybe <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't know uh, just so i i had met basically a soulmate um and that didn't work out. Um, but uh, this is skipping ahead 
you know, way to the end of the story, kind of, even though it's at the beginning. But uh, uh, I, I believe this was their work. And they've, you know, Bob G and My Other Dreams have kind of said as much that uh, in order to kind of like give me this dharma this uh this drive this inner direction um you know this relationship was you know kind of squashed um and um but yeah i mean so i mean the points you make they're very real right i mean we have family friends uh relationships and, and um so while what i'm saying is really out there. And like I said, it's kind of the only sore spot, uh, for me, it's also kind of important because, um, you know, all of these things are the things that keep people from walking, you know, the spiritual path, but they're very real. You know, I, I wouldn't downplay them. Uh, you know, I, I had a boss that told me once that relationships are the most important thing you'll do with, with your life, you know? Um, and so this gets into some of what I was going to talk about, um, because, you know, while I don't expect a, maybe some people to believe everything I'm saying today on this show, um, you know, I have come across a lot of people that have completely uprooted their lives, um, maybe not necessarily to go seek Babaji, but, you know, they felt called by God to start a church, you know, in a different state or um, to do this, that, or the other thing. And, you know, in some cases, you know, I've read about people, their family life is disrupted. You know, Osho talked about this too. Anytime, say you're in a relationship and one person has an awakening experience and the other one doesn't, you know, it's going to change things. It's going to make things hard. Um, yeah. You're seeing that right now with relationships and, you know, with the whole scenario, what's going on in the world, it's a pretty divisive thing, you know, depending on which side you're on. It's not like it's almost to the point where if you're on opposite sides now in a relationship, there's a there's a time, you know, there's a time delay on that because you can't divide this. You know, it's just you're you're on one side or you're on the other. And that's just the way it is at this point. Um, maybe a few will come over with a little bit of help or an awakening experience, but it's feel like people have made up their mind. And when you're talking about people traveling to start a church, when I was in Nelson, British Columbia, there was a tea shop there with this couple from Taiwan and they got a message. However, they received their messages and uh, flew to Nelson, British Columbia where they didn't know anything about Canada. They didn't know anything about anything. And they just thought they were supposed to go there. They start a tea shop and they, they serve tea and they do weekly teachings on the Tao Te Ching. And if you think you know that book, you do not. They, <laughs> they were breaking down the words, each word, it was like they would take one verse and we'd be there for two hours and be breaking down one verse from that book. I was like, Oh my goodness. And like the one word and like, it was just, it was nuts. It was like, these people were masters and I really tried to uh, have them film it and record it, but they're like, I don't know. They're like, no, 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 we can't put this online and we're not the master teachers and this and that. I was like, Holy, like, this is amazing stuff. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, the people that does happen. So yeah, yeah. please continue. Um, yeah, so I, I guess, um, well, I guess part of the cautionary tale, right, is so the other thing, along with people that, you know, say become a missionary or start a church or whatever the case may be, um, the things that I'm talking about, um, you know, at first I thought, 
you know, okay, it sounds crazy. No one's going to believe it, but many people are, you know, try and call this stuff into their lives. Right. I mean, either through prayer, chanting, whatever the case may be. Um, and you know, it has the potential to be very disruptive, um, in your life. Um, once again, skipping ahead to the, uh, the cautionary portion of the tale, but, um, but yeah. And, and once I got back home, uh, to the U S you know, I started, um, you know, I was on a forum, for example, and I came across a guy that said, uh, I've been in contact with a demonic being and he's you know, offering me this and that. And he proves himself by saying like, this will happen. And then this thing happens. Um, but then you, you know, if you read a little bit down the thread, you find out like, Oh, his fa- you know, maybe his, his wife is buying into this stuff that this being is whatever he's selling um, and kind of moving in a different direction, you know? So very disruptive, you know, to uh, relationships and family life. Um, and, you know, and the other thing is of course, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think people that watch this podcast in particular might believe me, you know, most of the people in my life, you know, I've told my story to, a, you know, a couple of them and, or many of them at this point, and none of them believe it, you know, so uh, that alone is, is, is also kind of divisive, you know, the experience that I've had, it, I'm kind of an alien in my own country, you know, now that I'm, now that I'm actually back and, and everything but um so yeah i mean i guess uh, as far as um finding the courage to be on the path i guess one thing uh i guess i would say uh we had chatted a little bit before about answers i wish i'd given on the other podcast um about just when i wasn't unwell and, and doing my yoga or meditation practice and really wasn't really wasn't getting anywhere. Um, I think we have to have a lot of courage um, outside of our spiritual practice into living daily practice. So in other words, you know, I, I hear a lot of times, you know, meditation is hard for people because they have these nagging thoughts in their mind. You know, they have maybe dark thoughts or whatever. Um, but example for what I'm going to say now is like, let's say you say something to someone that you shouldn't have said, and it hurts their feelings. Um, well, the answer might not be being on your yoga mat or in meditation. You know, the answer might be picking up the phone and making an apology or an in-person apology, you know, or if you, if you're sitting down in meditation and you have a nagging, nagging thought that I really want to do this with my life or try this in my life. Well, you know, Maybe the answer is to, uh, you know, stop meditating and go do it <laughs> and kind of take care of it. Um, and uh, I mean, part of what and I, I think being resilient and being flexible is also very important. Um, so in other words, like, let's say, you know, when I was you know, going to yoga class at, at times, in Denver, you know, you'd have 30 day yoga challenges and this and that, or I feel like I'm not going to be healthy if I'm not in there, but you, but being 
in the yoga classroom or in meditation is not always going to be the answer, you know? Um, and I think being in tune with yourself, um, knowing what you need at any given time, like maybe the answer one day is you mess up the 30 day yoga challenge and you go for a hike because you need a hike, you know, and you need to be, um, and I talked about this, you know, a little bit in the, in the other podcast, I had mentioned that there's so many, like you brought up the Tao Te Ching and uh, we talked a little bit maybe before, I don't know if we were recording yet, but um, about putting down books that we weren't ready for. And I think in the modern day, we have so much, um, you know, the internet is at our fingertips. Any spiritual text from the last couple thousand years, we could probably find a copy of online and maybe read them, but not really understand them. And like, I think I said before, my awakening experience was nothing like I expected. And um, so I think, you know, getting onto the path or having the courage to follow it is to, first of all, not necessarily have ex expectations about what it's going to be. You know, there are many different ways to follow your own, um, your own path. And uh, an example of that is, you know, I have a friend that's a pretty normal guy, doesn't believe a word I think I've told him. Uh, he's a carpenter. Um, but he's told me at different points that I feel like this is supposed, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life, you know, and he's doing it. Um, so in a way, you know, he's walking his, his own path. Um, and as I was, as I thought I was walking, you know, my destiny path, um, you know, I felt very privileged and often thought like, you know, everyone can't do this at once. Yeah. You know, um, not everyone can just walk away. Um, and, uh, the way that I, I felt about that was everyone in the world serves me, you know, the farmers growing the food are serving me and I'm so, and I serve them by walking my destiny path. You know, that's the most I can do. So it's, um, you know, I think most people probably <laughs> you know, will not up and renounce the world and walk into the hill, Himalayas like I did, but you know, that's okay. Well, I, I definitely agree that we, we have our own path to walk. And I think it's really important for us to understand what that is. I don't think that we're supposed to mimic anyone else. I think we're supposed to listen to ourselves and our connection with, uh, you know, our inner voice or spirit or God, the creator, ask for guidance and follow those impulses to be who we truly are. Um, that's going to be the best thing for the environment. And it's also going to be the best thing for us, for us to fill our destiny so that we can be of service to other people, right? If your friend is a master carpenter and I need some help, right? That's the guy I get, you know, if, uh, you know, you get the people who love what they do because they're masters of their craft and they support their community through whatever that is. So, with that being said, you know, when you went to the Himalayas or you went to Africa, like what were your biggest takeaways or what, what's the important part of those stories? I know you trained with, um, you know, various people. So is there a particular uh, story or set, set of lessons that you feel are most important from those experiences? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I have the, uh, the very, uh, the big one, <laughs> the biggest, which, um, 
sorry, little. Uh, uh, so I, I saw, I did see a couple of your podcasts, and you had um, a guy on here that was talking about Babaji, um, and I believe you asked a question, and this might have been years ago. I, you know, so I don't know if you remember, um, but you were asking about, you know, if the uh, the false light, you know, when you when you die thing is real type you know do you remember that um oh yeah it's it's talks about the uh soul reincarnation and just just i don't know with your mic you're it's, it's now shuffling now and then i think that's better because they're starting to get a little bit of a rumble so i think you're good okay. now okay sorry it's just, that's all right um yeah so there's this theory out there that what's happened is the moon has been taken here right and there's this false light so that when you die um you you think you're going home, but you get sucked into the false light of the moon and your soul gets reincarnated here on earth. And I thought, my goodness, that is a terrifying, uh, <laughs> it's a terrifying theory. And I remember in the uh, autobiography of a yogi, um, Yogananda's master dies. Uh, I think it's Lahiri Mass Master. Sri Yukitswar. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then he comes back on as like a star and then animates. He's like, oh my goodness. And he talks to him. He's like, well, what's going on over there? This is a terrible paraphrase. <laughs> terrible paraphrase for what the book says. What's going on over the other side, man? Uh, is this how I would do it? <laughs> so um, he says to him, you know, I do the same thing over there. I help souls get to that next level, right? Like I'm a guide on, on in the next level of, of spiritual evolution, essentially. So I thought that was just a very fascinating insight then he also has a great passage this is a side note but he is watching clips in world war ii and uh he's sitting in the theater and he's crying because all these people are dying and um you know then uh, one of his masters kind of shows up i think it's one of those metaphysical experiences shows up and he's like why are you crying he's like well look at all these people dying and then he basically says it's it's like this realm is, is a hologram or illusion, just like that screen that you're watching. And Yogananda wasn't buying it or he couldn't accept it where it could relieve his grief, right? He's like, yes, I hear you and I believe you, but I'm still grieving because it's real to me. I'm in that reality. I'm in that hologram. And so whoever it was, I think it was maybe one of the Baba G meetings and he goes, boink, and he gives him a multidimensional experience to kind of show him the perspective and, and give him a little piece as he was watching that. If people haven't read that book, The Autobiography of a Yogi, it's a, it's a very, very interesting book. Um, you know, it's like regular stuff, like a regular person's life journey. And then all of a sudden something nuts, you know, a regular life journey and then something totally nuts. And, you know, for my life, it's been that same thing. Regular stuff going around kind of like a, an ape from, you know, trying to search things out and, you know, evolve and learn things. And all of a sudden I experience something that is not regular reality regular reality shatters I've, something's happened it's not supposed to happen um and it does and so you know that's where when people will share these stories i've had enough to be like okay like you know i want to hear yours and the podcast people have also shared you know some pretty wild things so anyway we'll go back yeah so we we're talking about the false light of the moon so i'd love for you to if you have an insight on that talk about that because i hate that theory it's like the worst one ever well um so i think i mentioned this this wasn't a, it doesn't, it doesn't have a happy ending. Um, uh, Cause I mean, basically what I learned, Babaji is, um, he's not, he's not who he says he is to be, I mean, an understatement, you know, to be sure. 
um, a huge, huge understatement. Um, uh, yeah. So <laughs> all of a sudden I, I, you know, I feel very hesitant, uh, but to say exactly what happened to me, um, uh, which is why, you know, part of the cautionary tales and stuff uh, of what you call into your life externally, um, uh yeah because this is basically uh as far as what i've learned and what got me clear of everything that was happening to me was uh basically declaring my sovereignty and free will as a human being um which is why i brought up the law you had that um common law guy so this kind of goes to the karmic and cosmic law side of things. Um, but basically what happened to me, um, I think there is a pretty big precedent for it. Actually. Have you heard of Jay Krishnamurti? Yep. Okay. And are you familiar with his, um, dissolution speech? And he was, uh, like the head of the order of the Eastern star or something like that. I've heard about the Eastern star, but I, I don't know about his disillusionment speech. Um, but with you're talking about the cautionary tale, I've heard uh, a few of those. So I'm, I'm curious. And I feel like the real um, story is important, you know, okay. I've, heard, All right. I can, I've heard some, I, I've heard some pretty messed up stuff. And I think that that's why with, when people talk about psychedelics or, you know, people say, well, if you're doing this, you're calling in demons and things like that. Well, I've heard enough cautionary things where I feel like you, this shamanic realm and the spiritual realm is something not to be messed with. And there needs to be like a pure vibration of truth. And like, yeah, like you said, what you let in. Um, so now I'm curious to see, well, <laughs> to see which way this goes. So, yeah, go ahead. So, so Babaji, um, it's mentioned that he is Shiva on Wikipedia by, I think Swami or Sri M or something. And he was hinting that that's the case. Uh, but at any rate, any, any of that doesn't matter. The fact is he is uh, basically false light. Um, demonic would be a good, you know, for lack of a better word, because I realize now, now that I'm back, when I say demonic, you know, I know what a dog is. I know what a cat is. I know what a chair is. I don't actually know what a demon is, but like I say, for for lack of a better word, um, that's uh, you know that's what he is. Um, well, how did, what happened for you to think that you know? And I and I, it's interesting because like you know in this whole realm, I like to hear people's stories because I also feel like in this spiritual realm, any person be can become anything. You know what I mean? So not to say that he is or he isn't, because um, I would like to take it with a grain of salt and no, but I've heard like people say, well, don't do yoga because they're demonic poses. So I kind of looked into that and I was like, oh crap, like, are they? And I'm like, at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't think so. When I also like stretching, but I sure hope not. I'm not doing something that's like, um, you know, and that's the whole thing with this uh, spiritual realm and what we're, what's going on here. We, we don't know. And I, I did a great podcast yesterday um, with Dame Rich. And one of the things he said, and he put it in a simple way. And one of my native American elders told me this as well, because um, I was telling him about one of the people that I was learning from. And I spent a lot of time learning from them. And I was like, I don't know anymore. Like, I think that maybe that person might not be who they said they are. And they might be misleading people, 
You know what I mean? And I was like, I spent a lot of time learning. And uh, so, so I was talking to one of my native, you know, my other native teachers, he says, the creator knows your intent, right? It knows who you're in, it knows what you're trying to do. It knows you're intending to do good. Like you said, it knows if you're seeking God and in seeking God and seeking the true creator and life and spirituality, you might make a mistake um, because you don't know. And it's just like, well, my, you know, and even with words and you go into law and different stuff and you think that you're saying one thing, you're saying another. And so I feel like the intent is very important. And if you do get off track, uh, the creator will pull you on track. So I'm just, I'll st- I want to preface it a little bit for you to soften the blow if that helps. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. So, all right. So I can, I can backtrack and, and talk about basically everything I was doing in India. And it's, so if you read some of the other ascended master stuff, specifically ones that are kind of related to the Krishnamurti story, they talk about if you're a candidate to be a disciple of one of these ascended masters, right? Like everything is, first of all, there's hierarchy and everything is a test. You know, you're tested in different ways, um, you know, to test that devotion to God and, and your and willingness to surrender completely and all that kind of thing. Uh, so when I told that, that Jesus fasting in the wilderness story, I mean, that was one of the tests for me. Um, I was in the mountains near Bajranath, not right there, but near there. Um, and I was out there for 34 days. I had food for the first seven days. So I was fasting for maybe, you know, 25 days or whatever. Um, and failed the test um, because on June 6th, which I even, I thought that day, okay, it's June 6th, the day of the beast or whatever day of man. And uh, a group of uh, government uh, funded geologists came over the Ridge and they had a ton of food with them. They offered me food and I'm starving and I ate, I ate a ton and you know <laughs> failed uh <laughs> simple as that you know um i went on a pilgrimage for three months through the mountains from ladakh uh from a monastery in lama yuru ladakh to kedarnath which is one of the other four um shankacharya temples in uttarakhand that took me three months um and then it's like, okay, well, I got to Kedarnath. I obviously can't meet him there. I'm supposed to meet him at this lake that's associated with Vishnu, which is above Kedarnath. And um, so I snuck out of my guest house and I went up there, found the trail early in the morning. Um, and I was supposed to wait, you know, and be patient. I didn't have much food again, um, but my visa was expiring. A snowstorm came in. I left. Yeah. <laughs> um, I failed. Um, and there's all sorts of things like that. Um, in retrospect, I mean, I failed so many of these tests. It's kind of remarkable actually. Um, and then when I finally got to Rishikesh just before, um, the pandemic started, And I guess that must've been 2019. That's when uh, the high weirdness started when, um, 
okay. You know, I've gone on pilgrimage for three months. I've done the fasting thing. I've been, even though I failed all these times, all these different tests, I've been earnestly searching. I've been disciplined. I've been meditating. I haven't been doing like touristy things. Um, you know, I've been seeking Babaji for the, you know, that's it. And, uh, so the word comes that he's accepted you and now it's a game between him and the master of darkness. Right. And I have to figure out which is light and which is dark and, you know, kind of do the right things, stay disciplined. And then I would meet him in person. Um, and that how did you that, get this message was this like in a dream message or a telegram or what <laughs> all right so so this is i mean like i said this is the weird if you read kut humi and some of these other ascended masters they say if you're a candidate for this you know to be a disciple of whoever they will put electrodes i don't know what that means like in your auric field or your energy field or something and it's definitely true, you know, I felt good energy, you know, during this time and stuff. Sounds like the um, Matrix when they're popping you out and putting that signal and they give them the pellet so they can find them. Yeah. Um, and what I said on the other podcast, the Hindus say, uh, you know, it's kind of like we, we have the image, right, of the angel on one shoulder and the, and the devil on the other. You've seen that in cartoons and stuff. Yep. And this is at least part of what it's like it's like have being you know having people talking over my shoulder dreams daytime dreams uh visions not necessarily visions because they're all internal you know it's not like i'm necessarily seeing things outside of myself or hallucinating um but a lot of dreams a lot of energy being sent to me uh and during this time, yeah, the things that were happening to me, I mean, I mean, I guess I believe them. I, I really don't think about them anymore. And at this point, I was still kind of like, okay, this is a game between the light and the dark. So nothing's wrong. I'm just not getting it right. Um, yeah, they, you know, were capable of putting Inception, basically. I'm sure you have, if you've seen Inception, um, energy uh even physical manipulation to some degree um but all remotely and whatever remotely means i honestly don't know if it's the electrodes even that doesn't really help because i don't know i don't know if that's technological or you know what that would be um but then uh, i mean the the problems only started um so this is so this is at the point where you get the the message to at you, your next test is to see if it's between light and dark. It's a game between, okay. between light and dark. Got it. So every night, you know, I'd, I'd go to bed and this is the most basic explanation. It was much crazier than anything I could describe, but um, I would have a dream and like, in, like there would be a time and a place that I was supposed to be at. Right. And maybe before I was there, maybe I wasn't supposed to eat or maybe I needed to, you know, bathe or whatever the case may be. And then I'd also have dreams that were kind of misleading me, right. Or being the dark side telling me, okay, actually you need to go here and meet him here. Um, and I never got it right. 
<laughs> and uh, I always knew how I got it wrong, actually. And, you know, like in, in retrospect, so kind of weird. It's almost as if something were, I mean, like I said, to fail as many times as I did is pretty remarkable, but um, <laughs> uh, so, and the reason things went wrong is, so he involved someone else in this in this whole thing um and someone else that ended up you know kind of leaving and going somewhere else and i said okay well you know what i'm not going on with without this person and so i failed i failed enough times you know, i'm i'm done i'm going home and at that point um yeah things were pretty horrible to say the least um have you seen x-men apocalypse by any chance i have but i can't remember the entire story well so this is what i told a friend if you want to visualize right um so apocalypse is a blue being that calls himself elohim from the bible you're familiar with elohim um and he's trying to take over uh charles xavier's mind and body right if you remember that at all yeah it's kind of having this mental battle and the other way that i've described it is as if you were operating a computer that was infected with a terrible virus and you just had pop-ups coming up in your mind 24 7 dreaming when you're asleep and even when you're awake just your operating system is just um a rotating uh basket of images of you know he wants me to do this or, or that or he's angry basically having an angry demon walking around in my mind damn um and how i it would stop for maybe half an hour at a time and i would be like completely relaxed, but not know what to do with myself. Cause like, I got my mind back. And one of my friends suggested maybe the movie that's the real correct interpret, you know, visual representation is fight club, you know, like there's just two sides of yourself, but I was never, I was never gone, you know, like I was always there. I was actually able to interact with people, um, to some degree. Um, but I was starving. I wasn't really able to eat. Um, if I tried to eat, things got really bad. Um, so yeah. And finally I was so scared. And even throughout this, you remember, this is why the Dharma, the whole little thing on the Dharma was important. Um, because I felt like this was my destiny to such an extent that like, I wasn't, I wasn't fleeing the country right away, you know? Um, I got help from my shaman friend. I got a reading from him and uh, he was a little bit annoyed. He was like, just leave. I don't need to do a reading for you. <laughs> um, and he, he did a reading um, and he said, okay, there's a demon standing right next to you. You're in full flight or flight or fight mode. You know, you need to get home. You need to leave right now. Um, you know, i eventually got out of there um it was actually way worse when i got back here for a while way worse um and 
I mean, on the positive side, and this is why I guess I asked you about the false light as a preface to this is the way that, so I have pretty powerful spirit medicine that I use for rituals and stuff. And I did rituals um, to reclaim my sovereignty, my free will, um, uh, void any contracts that might've been in place that allowed me, allowed this to happen to me. And that's really what got me clear. Um, it's kind of, like I say, voiding uh, any contracts that may have existed before I was ever born here. Um, and I brought up Jay Krishnamurti um, because he, Krishnamurti was supposed to bring Maitreya into the world. Um, and Krishnamurti was originally, I can't remember if it was Alice Bailey or Annie Besant. I probably not pronouncing that name right. But, um, and those two women were associated with the theosophist movement. And I only read the stuff, you know, once I finally got back and everything. Um, anyway, when I was in India, I picked up a book called The Voice of Babaji. And one of the authors um, it turns out, I found this out when I got home, uh, was also a student of one of these big time theosophist ladies, you know, so there's the definite connection and Babaji is, is of course associated with the other ascended masters in this, in this hierarchy. Um, and then if you read about the Krishnamurti story, it's basically mine, maybe, I mean, you know, I, I can't, we can't ask Christian Murray exactly what happened, but, um, and I, I believe I read something by Kut Humi, one of these ascended masters that say, you know, he's been thoroughly denounced by the great white brotherhood as they call themselves, I guess. Um, and, you know, they say as, as if you, if you, uh, retract your, um, free will, you know, our flow of energy will stop, you know, this will all stop. And, um, it sounds like what happened to him is basically what happened to me. And then of course, in I think 1929, although I could be wrong, he gave his dissolution speech where he says the world needs to be free, free of religion, mankind needs to be free. And, um, I mean, I think I'm only speculating, but I'm, you know, can only imagine maybe he found out whoever his guru was or Maitreya, you know, was a being that he didn't want in his life um, anymore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's the grand takeaway. I mean, there's probably other smaller ones, that, you know, that I skipped right over. But, um, and I mean, there are lots of positive takeaways um, that I think come from this. Um and I, I could speculate why I, th I think, I mean, I, I'm not one to speculate, but a friend asked me like, you know, why you, why, you know, why couldn't he just let you go home? You know, why, why did this need to be the case? And um, the answer for me that I've kind of come up with is that uh, this entity that calls himself Babaji or Shiva needs a body, needed a body 
to attach to, to be able to experience the full range of human emotion. Um, and just the full range of experience that we're able to in this three dimensional body. Um, and, and yeah, and kind of learn from us. Uh, my friend quoted uh, something that the Quakers say, and I think it's a quote from Rilke, which is inside of human beings is where God learns. So God, you know, if God's going to learn needs human beings. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, my positive takeaway is, is, is just how important, um, our humanity is and how unique we are and how much we're capable of. And, um, I guess, oh man, sorry, my computer's I'm going to need to plug in my computer at some point. Um, but yeah, and then I guess in my, so the meditation was good while I was over there. Um, it was very different from most forms of meditation that I've heard about. Um, and this kind of goes along with the, you know, the fullness of humanity or our capability. Um and, um, oh, by the way, I should like, they kind of confirm these things, you know, once I'm, I'm kind of clear of like being attacked, having demons attached to me and all that kind of crap. Um, I have a dream where I'm in the adjustment bureau asking, okay, you know, like, why was this, why was this done to me? And the answer that I was given, which is not really an answer, you know, after all is said and done, um, really in comparison to any normal human being, like these beings don't seem very bright. Um, but the answer was that we are unique. And, um, you know, of course, I think to most humans, that's not really an answer. You know, if we're unique, why not let us thrive and be unique rather than manipulating us? Um, but yeah, and that's, I think, what gave me a lot of that perspective as you know, how important we are. Um, and I, I, and I say that because I, you know, I've heard a lot of people, you know, meditators, yoga practitioners, whatever struggle with, you know, like, am I trying to disappear in meditation? You know, what am I doing with my thoughts? Um, and so just to share like what my meditation was like, as I was still in India was, uh, one of fullness, you know, I didn't think of trying to make myself disappear, but my making my real self appear, you know, and fully, you know, stepping into my humanity, not necessarily becoming a witness because I'm already a witness. I'm already kind of the living embodiment of, you know, spirituality and all the terms that we talked about, you know, all our capabilities for forgiveness and love, you know, they're, they're here, they're with us. Um, and it's, it's really a case of embodying them and living them, you know, living those truths. Oh boy. My battery's running low. Well, if you've I got might... a, if you've got a charger, feel free to go ahead and grab it. I'll just pause. Okay. Yeah. Maybe just pause a second. Thanks. Nah. Sorry. Now nah, good. Sorry about that. 
no, that, that's okay. What I was saying is, uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of traveling and I, I did the same thing. I was a seeker. I went to Nepal because I wanted to, uh, you know, reach enlightenment and, and search people like Babaji or Jesus or, or whoever, you know, are these spiritual masters and, and learn from them and, and understand these things. And, and as I've traveled, I've heard countless stories similar to this. Some of them are positive, some of them are negative. Um, and what it confirms for me is this is a metaphysical realm. There is a spiritual realm here. There are other things going on. Um, and so we need to be careful about what we open ourselves up to and, you know, be yeah. mindful of those things. And, um, but understand there's something greater here, but one of the things that I like, and when you talked about, yeah, being unique, I've heard, I've heard these different concepts in different ways, like, um, whether they're entities, right. They're not physical. So they want the fullness of a physical human experience. Right. And part of how, I guess, you know, in the Bible, it talks about how uh, Lucifer is the prince of this kingdom and can deceive and do all these different things. And, um, you know, he does that so we can kind of give our free will away and consent to kind of be hijacked right through fear and through, um, you know, uh, giving up our free will to let something else come in because we don't feel good enough as we are. We're not special as we are. It's like, um, you know, and that's where I, I really think I. I really love what you just said is stepping into your fullness and your meditation, sitting there and, you know, you know, who am I really, what are, what are the limits of my potential? You know, how full can I be in this human experience? And I feel, I feel like that's a really powerful thing to say and a really powerful thing to consider because with all the practices that I've done and travels, it's like, well, one day I hear that it's, you know, a spiritual practice connecting you to God. And then the next day it's like a demonic practice. I'm like, oh my goodness. And I, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my goodness. But I feel like that intent is so important in that protection and that um, accountability, you know, for yourself and your own spiritual uh, growth, you know what I mean? And so with, with your experience, you, you're seeking Babaji, you go there, then all of a sudden it gets real funky. Um, and like to the point that like reality shake and you realize you're in a bit of a dangerous spot and you're like, well, I've made a mistake and this isn't something that I want to do. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it still seems like you had your free will intact. Um, what's your view now on, on this world and what we can take for those who are seeking God. And, and so if people are thinking, okay, I'm going to seek God, but all of a sudden I don't want to get hijacked by a demon. Um, you know, and, and like, should I be afraid of demons? You know, people will be thinking stuff like that. So after doing this, like, are you more firm that there is a creator and this is a spiritual realm and how do we, um, you know, engage with, with the spirits that, that have our best interests in mind, if, if we, we want to engage in, with them at all. Right. So I, I think step one um, is to first get yourself clear. And I, I should put out there that I, I might be able to help with this. As I said, I, I have medicine that I use and use to help get me clear. Um, but the first thing is you definitely want to trust the source. Um, so you want, if there are, if there are any agreements that allow you to be manipulated, your energy stolen for you to be lied to, um, deceived, you want to make sure to take those away. Cause I know you, you've had people on your show that have talked with some pretty funky beings or out there beings or whatnot. And, um, yeah, we, we want to make sure that we trust the source. We're not legally legally allowed to be deceived, hijacked, um, any of that. And, um, 
really, you know, so once I got home and I was, I was like, what in the hell just happened? Like who, all right, who is he really like what's going on? And I came across a website. Um, oh, I'm shuffling the mic. Sorry. Yeah. It's, a, it's only when it goes lower at the bottom. I think it's like, uh, I can hear ruffles. Oh, okay. Sorry. I think I, I think I am moving it. Sorry. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would, I think, I think we have humans in general, I, I think are pretty trusting in general. Um, I think it's very easy to believe a being like this that comes into our lives. Um, they really, I, I realize they really have to come to us as false light. You know, if a being came to you and said, you know, if you don't do this, I'm going to murder your family. You know, that's not hard to spot. Right. Um, uh, you know, it's not very subtle. Um, so to any seeker that is trying to connect with whatever being, whether they be an ascended master, the Hindu gods, whatever, um, first, you know, make sure that where things are coming from are internal are really you, um, get yourself clear for first before ever trying to connect with anything like that, any being, um, if there are beings out there that are worth connecting with, um, there might be, I, I just don't know about them. Um, uh, because I mean, my world's been pretty much turned upside down. You know, my ancestors, I, I, that I, my ancestors are worth connecting with. Um, I thought were with me and at this point, I'm not sure. One thing I'm not clear of that I, I should mention is my dreams are still nothing but annoying. Um, occasionally not prophetic but accurate i guess you would say um which at this point is you know just annoying um because on the so on the shamanic path you know taking a, a step or two back um you know as part of the training like if i had a dream for example uh for someone else you know it was on it's on me to deliver that message and i can give you a pretty amazing example if you'd like sure um, um so while i was in india i'm in the mountains at like ten thousand feet living in one of the spots where i'm you know supposed to go in and look for babaji um and i had a dream that a friend of mine that i haven't spoken with in like seven years was breaking into a house in the eastern united states and he was living in the western united states and i was left holding the keys to his life and I was like, all right, well, you know, I don't, this, this guy may have done a shady thing or two in the past, but I don't think he's going to break into anyone's house. And uh, so, but I, it was a real pain in the ass for me to get him this message. I had to find a, an internet connection and a phone and, and to be able to communicate with him. And uh, he said, oh, well, you know, uh, next week I'm going back East. And uh, he had apparently had a very acrimonious breakup with a fiance or wife. I can't remember which, but 
in the house that they were living in, which still belonged, which belonged to her, he was thinking about breaking in and stealing back some of the stuff that she still had <laughs> in there of his. And he was, I was like, okay, well, yeah, I think that's the message, you know, don't do that. <laughs> um, uh, and I, you know, the only way to confirm that this is true is, it, you know, have him on, you know, join in on the show right now. But, uh, uh, but I guess where I'm going with that is like, if I had a message that I was supposed to deliver something I was supposed to do, you know, I have to put myself out there and deliver it, you know? Um, so as crazy as all this sounds, I mean, I guess, you know, that's why I'm on the show, um, is, uh, you know, delivering, um, delivering that message. And, and I think that's not, whether you believe me or not, I mean, I think it just makes good sense to, uh, and Babaji is kind of, as far as trustworthiness goes, you know, he's held up here, right. You know, he's in autobiography of a yogi and, you know, the, uh, realization, self-realization fellowship is still very big. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's the message is make sure you trust the source, make sure you are clear karmically contract wise, um, and be in control really, you know, step fully into your own life and be the, you know, kind of the, the master of it. Um, and I, and to be honest, I mean, if anyone's looking for other advice, I would de demystify it before it becomes mystical. You know, as, as I'm, as I said before, like if you're sitting in meditation and, uh, you have this nagging thought that you really want to, uh, say be a rock climber, you know, my, my shamanic friend always said that spiritual practice could be anything, you know, it doesn't have to be an Eastern style meditation. I, I believe you're a martial artist, you know, it could be martial arts could be spiritual practice for a lot of people. So it's definitely not one size fits all. Um, and it could be multiple things. Like I was saying before about being resilient and flexible. Um, if, we, if you, what you need from one day to the next is uh, a hike in the woods versus meditation, then go for a hike in the woods. And, um, but definitely learn to be discerning about what's truly coming from you um, versus any kind of external pressure. And I guess one other out there thing that I guess I should mention um, about Babaji is however this is done, I mean, I know a lot of thoughts were kind of projected into me through feelings, really. Um, kind of the, the inception idea of, um, you know, the strongest thoughts are associated with emotion or feeling or, or whatever. And I only figured out you know, once I got home that that was being done to me. Um, but now, I mean, I guess the good news is I know the difference. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, I, I guess, not to downplay your ego and discriminating mind, you know, like through all of this, you know, I was always here able to, uh, 
kind of look at and judge what was going on to me, you know? Um, so, and I think in a lot of spiritual practice, the ego and discriminating mind is like, Oh, you gotta, you know, just lose that. But, um, you know, it can be helpful too. Wow, man. Well, that is, (laughs) that is a really wild story. But I love the what you said again, where you said, be the master of your own life and doing the law summit. They also would also talk about um, just saying knowing who you are. And this talks about this in, um, you know, the Bible and other books, because I'm, I'm big on the Bible right now, because it's one of the books I avoided, maybe because I grew up a Christian. So I was like, oh, no, you know, but now I've really been getting into that. And, um, you know, I've heard even recently, like I've heard things about the Council of Nicaea. And I've also, you know, but recently someone's saying the whole thing is nonsense. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I don't know. Like, I can't confirm or deny it, but I, I can confirm that there's this is a spiritual realm and certain things feel good and i you know certain things feel off but knowing myself you know like you said is like is that voice coming from within you like when i was in nepal and almost died it was my voice outside of me so like you said like someone behind you but it was me and it was like, I like, what the hell? It was my, my inner dialogue was now over here saying, saying it at me like a separate friggin' entity. And so that was trippy. <laughs> yeah. so I was like saying, okay, Matt, you can go to sleep. And I was like, whoa, okay. Well, if I go to sleep, I'm toast. Like that was my option to exit the planet if I wanted to and uh, chose to stay. But I feel like our intention is paramount knowing who we are. And like you were just saying there, you know, some of my native american teachers i said you don't need to meditate um other ones would say you know uh spirituality is like taking action and so like you said like whether it's rock climbing something that holds you focused something that you enjoy what your passions are and this is why i'm so adamant about teaching people how to connect to their life purpose and who they are and how to understand themselves and follow their intuition and have that courage because you're leading your life and even if you make a mistake you're going to learn from it but you're going to be able to deduce as you take that wrong step if it's a wrong step right because you're going to be guided by spirit and once it gets really uncomfortable you know in that inner world like something is off right and then you step back on track and you you're you're using your intuition and you're getting feedback from what you receive in your environment so you know it is a bit of a cautionary tale but i like how you know the whole process from you seeking um you know god and all that has brought you back to yourself you know what I mean? And that's what I've said too, with my trips to Nepal and um, Thailand and Cambodia and South America and all these different places, seeking these spiritual masters. I say, you don't need to do that. Just know who you are, go for the things that you enjoy, you know, be the person that you want to be and um, you know, create a relationship with, with the creator in your own way. Like in, in the um, Jesus in the Essenes says there's four ways to know God, three or four. Let me see if I can, I was saying, get it right. One of them is study, studying spiritual texts. One of them is meditation or introspection. One of them is a guide or a teacher that's legit obviously not in this case (laughs) and and, um and one of them is nature just going out into nature and i had a buddy of mine who was like you wouldn't even call him spiritual in any way you know just it's like very crass and would make these jokes and things and we hadn't seen each other for a few years and i come back and like of anybody would the last be the last person i think i'm gonna have a spiritual conversation with after i i traveled did all these things it was this person and i was like yo man how do you know all this stuff because he was saying all kinds of 
true spiritual things, you know? And I was like, how do you know this? And why are you talking about this stuff? And he goes, bro, all I do is I snowmobile every day and I go out in the mountains. And he did hundreds of days a year. He would go out in the mountains and he would snowmobile and he would be with nature. And this brought him understanding. So um, my whole spiel is just to go back to that last thing you said is be the master of your own life. The spiritual realm is almost like, unknowable i don't think it's necessary for us to really mess with it if you do feel drawn to uh drawn to that kind of work uh just be mindful of it but you better know yourself just like if you want to uh play with martial arts you can do it but if you go in the <laughs> ring with me you better know what the hell you're doing i'm gonna kick your ass but i'm also aware if i go into a ufc fight i'm gonna get my ass kicked so there's yeah. there's levels in understanding where you are and what you can handle and what you can't handle same with surfing same with extreme sports same with any kind of risk that you're taking in your life the more you know who you are the more you're gonna be able to expand um in a way that's safe right and you don't get the feedback from the universe like you, you go too big too soon you end up getting hurt so um that's my spiel do you want to add on to that and also just letting um the people know where if they want want to kind of send you an email or, or stay in touch where they should go uh okay um <laughs> well yeah so if if anyone i i you know wants the kind of help that i'm talking about it's just my um well you can put my email uh just in the intro right if they want yep. it yep yeah you can just email me you can put my email out there that's fine okay um and i, I was just going to add one thing that was really helpful and one thing that I kind of tried to embody while I was over there the whole time, which is to just to have a complete experience with everyone I crossed paths with. Um, and no matter how small. So, you know, I didn't want to live with any regret. I think this is a big thing and goes to kind of the living with courage type of thing, but helps you discover who you are. But like, let's say you want to talk some with someone, whether it's a man or woman or, you know, there are people I realized, oh, you know, I, I could have imparted this bit of uh, advice to him about traveling here or there, you know? So even if it was, you know, I knew a lot about Northern India, I can be a guide to Uttarakhand at this point. But so what I, what I'm saying is just any person I cross paths with, if there, if there was just a bit of knowledge about the, even just the terrain that I could share if there was a person I wanted to talk to and share a cup of tea with, um, you know, I wasn't too afraid to ask, you know, just go for it, do it no matter what it is. Um, no matter how small and leave it be a complete experience. So you don't find yourself walking away like, Oh, I wish I, you know, I could have said that I wanted to say that, but I didn't, you know, or I, I wanted to offer, you know, this person, uh, you know, a map or, uh, you know, whatever it is I have in my pack, but I didn't, you know, um, I didn't want to live with that at all while I was over there. So I made sure, you know, if there was anyone that I came across that I, and I wanted to do this or, you know, I, I, I actually, I just remembered last night, I was like, Oh man, I, I did that. I brought this Nepali chick. I saw some flowers and, uh, there was a young Nepali woman, and I cut her some flowers and brought them to her. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. But I wanted to. I did it. And, um, and we had some tea together. You know, it was nothing like nothing very romantic or anything. Um, I just lived in her village for the past winter. So um, and I was leaving. So 
but yeah, I just, uh, have the courage to be yourself because you're telling yourself who you are all the time and what you want to do. But that's really where it, uh, push comes to shove is going up and talking to that person, applying for that job, whatever the case may be. So that's it, man. Well, I love it. It's, it's funny. Like for me, from on this point, all I can say is like, this is like listening to a buddy who's had an experience. And like, if you've been to a burning man and if, or if you've traveled like I have, and you've heard some people's stories, like, like your story is nuts, but it is not the only nuts story I have heard. I have heard many, that's what, but it, I love how the lesson is always simple. It's like, look, okay. Some shit happened. <laughs> right. It's just like, but the end of the story is know who you are, live life to the fullest and be authentically who you are a hundred percent. Right. Like it's simple after that. Right. And, but we, we were drawn to these mystical things and they're beautiful, but I feel like if we're doing it in an authentic way, we're going to be also given those spirit experiences from the positive forces. Right. It's like, we want this quick fix all the time. Right. And uh, so if we can try and engage the path, keep it simple you know, who am I, what am I looking for? Like when I, um, you know, I was on this, I used to be a really enjoy um, psychedelics and think that they were positive. And, and I still think that there can be some um, positive use for psychedelics and ayahuasca. And I've had some um, beneficial experiences on those. But when I notice how people use them, just like uh, going snowboarding, like I'm not going to recommend you go off the jump that I go off. You're going to hurt yourself. There are reasons why some of these things, um, you know, or surfing, whatever, right? I shouldn't be surfing a certain amount of wave. I've, I've, every time I push myself surfing, I almost freaking kill myself with a wave because i want to be better than i am so there, there's um there's caution too because you can you can be harmed but the last time i was on one of the uh these you know psychedelic conferences i said well what are you seeking when you take that you're seeking the creator you're seeking the magic of life you're seeking um the best in you you're seeking fullness you're seeking uh whatever it is write down what are you seeking and then pray to the creator start doing simple spiritual things like prayer going into nature at, you know actively using what you were given right your soul your spirit to conquer this issue from there, see if you can get anything done before you get this. Cause so many people, <laughs> Oh yeah, I did this and everything was wonderful. And like, you know, and I, and I love that feeling. It's like, you know, everything is so amazing. Well, can you bring up that feeling where you're sitting on a park bench and the trees and the grass and the birds, can you bring up that appreciation? Can you train yourself to do that? Because in this digital world with the screens and the TVs and all this shit, we're being taken away from that. And so we need to choose of our own free will to train it within ourselves to seek that. Right. And you don't need to travel the world like you and I did and have these wild experiences, which is like from this side, it's better that you did it. And I was like, Holy smokes, like I can dodge a bullet there. Um, but I've, you know, I've dodged some bullets myself, but I think again, like that big takeaway is knowing who you are. Um, and then, you know, seeing, okay, while I was going through this, I still was able to monitor, you know, myself and this is what I'm bringing back from it. You know, is this, this fullness and this authenticity to knowing that there's a bigger realm that we're a part of, which also means if there are deep demons and there are positive ones and these demons are lesser than i you know in this medical these they have much less power it's like that dolphin messing with a uh dolphin you know we've got sonar and we've got all that stuff and what they do is they try to cloud it and the second we let go of that fear and we see clearly and we're connected to the true creator through our heart and our soul and and all the good things we're going to be guided but it might be more simple and simple can be very beautiful and so that's my two. Do you want to add on to that? I did a spiel. You're welcome to a spiel too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I gave my spiel, but I think that I, 
you know, maybe the last thing would, would be just, you know, like you were saying, um, I'm putting myself out there. So I might as well, you know, if there are people that are looking to at least make sure that they're connecting with the right beings or, you know, dealing with any of that kind of externality, you know, I'm willing to put myself out there and respond to an email or whatever the case may be, you know, so. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll put the email in the show notes and then the YouTube, as long as uh, YouTube is there for those watching on YouTube, get your butt over to odyssey and at mapbelair.com. Cause they're going to delete this crap. It, well, they might not, you know, people are telling me about speaking into the existence. And although I agree with that YouTube is this interesting thing. So um, <laughs> go over to odyssey where everything is backed up, but I appreciate everybody um, go to mapbelair.com because they deleted my Patreon also. And so that's where you can get all the videos backed up, but I'll link up Michael's stuff here, but man, I appreciate you coming on and being candid about this story. That must have been a uh, a very just super wild experience um, and and challenging. But I love how always the 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 lessons are simple. You know, they're always simple. We have the answers within us. We have to learn how to guide ourselves. We have to learn how to be the masters of our own life. Like if you're in the middle of the ocean by yourself, or you're in the middle of the forest by yourself, it's you and the creator. You know, and source and your and your intuition and as a random side note, if you want to learn how to develop these things, go for a run in the forest at night. And I used to do that and I'll do it again. I'm sure sometime, but like it increases your sonar and it is a meditation. If you don't think you can meditate, run through a scary ass forest at night by yourself. And you're going to, you're going to hear for nine miles and you will be very, very mother effing present. Cause you're like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like, you know, you're just going to imagine all kinds of crazy stuff. So, um, yeah. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing uh, what you did. And I invite people who are interested to send you an email. I think you have a couple blogs or something like that, right? Do you have a website or no? Uh, no. no. Oh, it was no. other blogs you sent me of writing about your story. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay, cool. Well, we'll put your email up there, but uh, thank you everybody for watching. We appreciate you and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah, Matt, thanks so much for having me on. My pleasure. We'll stay in touch. Okay. Okay. See you guys. See you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Michael Falcone. I hope that you enjoyed that episode and you were able to take his experiences and apply them to your own life and learn something. You know, I think it's so fascinating when somebody is willing to travel the entire planet to really pursue these lessons, to pursue these teachers, to pursue these teachings, to pursue these experiences. And, you know, for him to kind of share that and what he came back with, um, you know, I, I kind of see him as very similar to me because we both traveled the world. We were looking for gurus we were studying with elders we're doing all these different things trying to find this truth and he kind of broke into this realm um you know i experienced that realm in different ways not as he did but you know those timeless lessons of understanding that you're the master that you're connected to the creator uh you know is really powerful because it shows that this realm can be dangerous and it is cautionary and uh you know we want to really trust those who we are uh, learning from and we want to really focus on our own connection with the creator, our own inner voice. So a very powerful story, a very powerful lesson for all of us to consider. Um, if you liked it, like I said, please share it because censorship is totally nuts. Uh, leave a review on iTunes. That's really helpful. Go to mattbelair.com and become a member. If you're interested in living your life purpose or you want to learn about any of the things that I put out there as far as the Soul Compass course, which designs and helps you live your life purpose, the Quantum Heart Hypnosis, which is the most powerful hypnotic uh, 
audios out there that you can use to know your life purpose, also to manifest, also to overcome limiting beliefs, and to program the character you want to be, like emotionally, physically, uh, any kind of addiction or... Um, issue that you have you can use these audios for so they're incredibly powerful and if you want to go a step further and you want to work one-on-one -on -one with me all you need to do is send me an email matt at zenathlete.com and i'll help you as much as i can whether it's one-on-one -on -one coaching the atomic alchemy mastermind or some of the programs and services that i have online so that's it thank you guys so much for listening i appreciate you and uh, let's come into in the state of peace and coherence before we close this up wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, faith, courage, strength, power, and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. So thank you so much for your time, for your attention, for opening your ears and your mind and your heart to this show. I truly wish you, your family, your friends, and everyone you know all the best. Keep the faith. You are a part of creation. You are important. You are perfect as you are. And uh, have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode.